You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft, and this is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. Shout out to everyone for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about a few of the biggest sleepers or breakout stars, if you prefer that term, in the 2022 NBA Draft class. Now, obviously, the biggest names or the first names that may come to mind are Keegan Murray and Johnny Davis. This sophomore class has been pretty impressive, but Murray and Davis have been getting the most attention and it's definitely been well-deserved. I personally think that both players have positioned themselves to be top 10 picks in this draft. And I made a huge mistake. I actually apologize, but I made a huge mistake by not having Davis as a first-round pick in my last mock draft. And I will be sure to put him in my top 10 in the next mock draft that I'll be dropping. Yeah, you know, it'll be this month, but it could be within the next week or so. And Davis actually outplayed Jaden Ivey, who was many thought was the best returning player, but Davis outplayed Ivey in their head-to-head matchup earlier this week. And he exploded for 37 and 14. Now, this year, he's currently averaging 22 and 7 rebounds per game, shooting at an efficient 45% from the floor, a little bit under 35% from three on four attempts per game. So it's a pretty decent sample size. But he's also getting to the line six times per game. So six trips to the charity stripe in college is pretty crazy. And he's shooting 82% from the foul line. I mean, the way that he's played, especially after the game last week, he is a strong candidate for player of the year. I know it's really early in the season, but if if there was someone that I think could be a favorite for player of the year, it could be Wisconsin sophomore Johnny Davis. But the crazy thing is that as strong as Davis has been playing, he may not even win Big Ten player of the year. Iowa's Keegan Murray. Got off to like this crazy start in non-conference play. And I, I know for me, I was a little bit hesitant to put him in my lottery. But he's proven to be the real deal. He's currently averaging 24.5 points per game, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks, 1.5 steals on 59% shooting. He's also shooting 35% from 3 and a little under 82% from the foul line. And on the night that Davis went off for 37 versus Purdue, Murray said, hey, hey, (laughs) I'm not going to let you shine more than me. And he put up 35 against Maryland. I think that was like his second time putting up 35 points in the last four or five games. And while Murray and, and Davis, I mean, they've made huge strides as sophomores. And I think they'll be battling for postseason awards. They're not the only players that have had breakout seasons and improved their draft stock. Now I'm going to talk about a few of the guys that have really stood out to me. And I can make a case and say that Wake Forest, Alondis Williams, has done the most for his reputation this season. He's a 6'5 point guard who spent the last two seasons at Oklahoma as a part-time starter. Well, if you say part-time starter, he only started 25 games in the last two seasons and... 
in those years at Oklahoma, he never averaged more than seven points per game. And, I mean, leaving the Sooner State, <laughs> it looks like it was a genius decision, which is weird to me that, you know, Oklahoma was pretty good last year, but they had Austin Reeves and Williams on the same team. I know that they played some together, but, man, they could have had a a, a, a dynamic backcourt if they were able to to just maximize both of their strengths. But, again, it was a great decision. It, it paid off. Sometimes I can be a little critical of guys transferring because I feel like some guys are just running from the competition or if they're not getting their way, they take the easy way out by transferring. And in this situation, I mean, it was, like I said, the best decision. He has more than tripled his scoring average. I think the most he averaged at Oklahoma was like 6.7 points per game. He is currently at a little over 20 points per game, and he's chipping in five rebounds, six assists, and 1.2 steals. Now, you may think I'm crazy, but you know what? I you know I really don't care because I, I'm not afraid to express my opinions. But I see a little bit of Darren Williams, NBA star, former NBA All-Star, who's now a a undefeated boxer, but I see a little bit of Darren Williams and Alondis Williams' game. Now, I have no idea if there's any relation. I doubt it, but they are both big, strong, shifty guards that can make plays for others. Now, I'm not saying Alondis is the next D-Will by any means. Don't come at me in my mentions saying that I said that he's the next D-Will. I'm just saying that I see some similarities, and it looks like you know, Alondis went to D. Will's bully ball point guard camp. And just like Darren, I think they another similarity they have is that they have this unique skill where they like they don't really pop out to you athletically. I mean, they're not like, you know, your Russell Westbrooks or your Jaden Ivies, guys that I mean, just pop out and the first thing you think of is just explosiveness. But they both have mastered being deceptive. Both switch speeds and change gears like like an expensive sports car. And that ability to switch gears, change speeds, and the the stop and go, I mean, that is, to me, that is just as important as athleticism. Because, you know, there's some guys that only have one speed. But then you have a guy like Luka Doncic who... It's not a great high-level explosive athlete, but you don't really see guys stopping him from getting to his sweet spots or stopping him from getting to the basket because he's mastered changing speeds and then he's big and he's strong and he has a good handle and he just finds ways to get to his spots on the floor. And Williams has a little bit of that. He's, I mean, he's been exceptional this season when it comes to breaking down defenses and getting to the basket. And he is making uh, I'm going to say this one time he is making 64% of his shots at the rim and it's not on a small sample size he's been I mean he's just been unstoppable getting downhill he has the shake and bake and the handle that makes defenders dance it's something that I I, I really like that's why I'm a Kyrie fan that's why I like James Harden that's why I like Luka but what I like about Williams is that even though he does have the shifty and creative ball handling, he doesn't really toy around with the ball and do a lot of east and west dribbling. Once he makes his move, it's like a quick, short crossover. And from there, 
I mean, he's going north and south just like, you know, uh, I mean, imagine like a running back hitting the hole. He doesn't really dance around. It's just he, he gets to a spot. Another thing that has really stood out to me has been his passing. He's a high-level passer. He sees the floor. He uses his size to see over the top of defenses. I love guards that can make cross-court skip passes, and that's something that he really he really excels at. I've, I've just been impressed with some of the reads that he's made this season. I think that he's a good decision maker, but he also has a little bit of flash and flair to his passes, and he can get a little fancy, a little highlight reel there. So Alondis Williams has been my biggest breakout star outside of Keegan Murray and Johnny Davis. All right, when we return, I'll tell you about a couple more players that I think have really put themselves in a a good position to be drafted. They weren't on draft boards coming into this season, but I think, like I said, they've put themselves in a, a good position to be drafted, whether it's late first round, second round. You never know. We still have plenty of time left in the season. But now I want to talk to you about Shopify because Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big businesses. So your upstarts, your startups, and even established businesses alike can sell everywhere. They're synchronized online and in-person sales, and they can effortlessly, ooh, that's tough to say, stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey, and it's full of endless possibilities. I mean, I think that Shopify is one of the best things out there, and I'm saying it because I have a brother that has a clothing line. And Shopify helps them reach customers online and across social networks with their ever-growing suite of channel integration and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. It allows the the store owners to gain insights and grow with detailed reporting on conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. It's just more than an online store. Shopify helps you grow. So go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA. I'll say that one more time. Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. It's all lowercase. And you can get a free 14 day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. All right. Thanks again for. Really making Locked On NBA Draft a success. We're coming up on one year, and we we definitely could not have made it this far without the listeners. So shout out to everybody that's listening. So thank you for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. Now, for your next listen, I would suggest you check out the Locked On Now podcast. It is nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. So listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Shopify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. All right, the next player that I'd like to talk about is Darion Sebron from NC State. He really caught my attention in a game against my Nebraska Cornhuskers where he had like 39 points. 18 rebounds, something crazy like that. Now, I'll share with you some of my notes on him. I wrote down that I thought that he was a high-energy big wing. He has good size, pace. He's an aggressive rebounder on both ends. He seems like he's a natural point guard or point forward. He's someone that can turn a rebound into his own personal fast break. I just love his energy. 
And I think it's time for people to stop sleeping on him. He's listed at 6'7", a buck 80. And he's easily one of the most unique prospects that I've scouted. Like I said, sometimes he looks like a natural point guard. And he has like this natural feel as a passer and playmaker. But he's also a high, high level slasher that puts tremendous pressure on the rim. He has good handle. He gets to the bucket. And that's literally where he's doing all his damage at, getting to the basket. I mean, he's just a relentless slasher. I actually like how NC State has done a good job of maximizing his versatility. They run plays that, like, sometimes they'll get him matched up in space where he can blow by defenders. They use him as as a big sometimes. And it, it's very – I mean, I, I'll go ahead and make the comparison. He has a similar mindset of Giannis, in a sense. No, he's not Giannis Antetokounmpo, but he's not a good shooter. So – he knows that he's not a good shooter, but he continues to aggressively attack. You know, like even with Giannis, you know that he's looking to get downhill on every possession. And guess what? He ends up getting downhill. Now, Sebron isn't seven foot. He's not as long as, as Giannis. But I see the similar just mindset of just relentless drives to the basket. And he, I mean, you want to get him in a half court situation. Because he's not as effective in the half court as he is on in transition, like when he gets the rebound. So that's why I kind of made the comparison to, to Giannis in a sense. Now, here's the thing that really stands out. Is that he only weighs 180 pounds. Now, I know college basketball doesn't have the same spacing as the NBA. And in some cases, it's more physical due to due to the lanes being more congested. So you got this 6'7", 180-pound wing that is relentlessly attacking the rim. I know I keep using that word, but that is just the best way I can describe it. I, I love his competitive fire. I love his toughness. And you you just got, you just have to have a different level of ruggedness to make your living at the rim where you're only 180 pounds. Now, I've talked about his passing. I've talked about his slashing, but... The thing that also separates him from other players and what makes him so special at, again, 180 pounds is he is an elite rebounder. Elite. Think like Sean Marion type undersized rebounder. And he just has like this motor. We rarely see a player with his skills that has the mindset of a scrappy role player. At the end of the day, he just wants it more than everyone else on the floor. I'm a big believer in motor and energy and playing hard. I think that it's actually a skill set. And we've seen a lot of super talented prospects with subpar motors. And then we have undersized wings like Sebron who play much, much bigger than his size. He is currently, again, I'm going to say it again, 180 pounds. He's currently averaging eight, I'm sorry, 10 rebounds per game which it was highlighted by the 18-rebound game against Nebraska. And in that game, and uh, you know that was the game that kind of put him on my radar, he had 39 points, but he went to the free throw line 20 times. I can't think of a time I've seen someone in college basketball go to the free throw line 20 times. He made 17 out of 20 free throws that game. And, I mean, the game did go into multiple overtime, so that kind of padded the stats a little bit. But 20 times? In, in a game in college basketball, I mean, that just shows the sign of just being aggressive and attacking. And 
he's just a, a matchup nightmare on the college level because he has the ability to turn a rebound into a personal fast break. And then when he is in the open floor, he has the passing instincts to make plays for others. He's unselfish. He does something that I, I really pay a lot of attention to, which is passing the ball ahead. I'll give you an example. I don't know if you saw that, but it's probably been on it's been on Twitter a lot. There's a play in the Knicks game a few days ago where Obi Toppin was in transition and Emmanuel quickly ended up passing up a right hand layup and shooting a three. Probably one of the worst plays I've ever seen. But the thing that stood out or what I noticed is that you know quickly is getting a lot of the flack deservedly so because it looked like he was a left-handed player who had no right-hand layup package and he didn't want to get it blocked and I mean it's it's like the worst possession I've seen in transition in my life but Toppin did not pass the ball ahead and I thought Toppin coming into the draft was a pretty decent ball handler they said he had some guard skills but if he would have passed the ball ahead, it would have been an easier layup or he could have put himself in position to get it back. So I said all this to say this. One of the things about Seabrun that I like is that in transition, even though he is a excellent slasher and is good at taking the ball coast to coast himself, he will pass the ball ahead to teammates, which is you know, something that you, you think you learn in three-on-two, two-on-one drills in, in middle school. But I've seen a lot of guys that just don't know how to pass the ball ahead. But anyway... I'm a big friend. I'm a. I am a big fan. I love his versatility. I love his passing instincts. I love his toughness. I love the fact that he is top twenty in the nation. And I'm gonna say it again. He only weighs 180 pounds. That's exactly why I have Darian Sebron as one of my top sleeper prospects in the 2020 NBA draft. I got a couple more guys that I'm trying to squeeze in in this last segment, but I want to talk to you next about Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue to march towards the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up for. And if you sign up today, you receive 50% from your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to get started. That is L O C K E D O N. LOCKED ON to get started from football to basketball to hockey, boxing, UFC. Right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to wage on all of your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, I'm going to try to squeeze in a couple of players, like I said, in this last segment. Sometimes I, I can go a little bit over. I mean, I really... Really, really enjoy talking NBA draft. But the player that I want to discuss next is someone who I definitely did not see as an NBA draft prospect coming into the season. And it is Christian Brown from Kansas. Now, it's spelled like Braun. I've never seen anyone whose last name is pronounced Brown, but it's spelled B-R-A-U-N. So, I've had... A few times where I've mispronounced it because I'm, you know, it, I'm sounding it out like it's spelled. But Brown has also had a big time breakout season at Kansas, currently averaging 16.8 points per game, six rebounds, 3.2 assists. 
on an incredible 57% from the floor shooting. Like 57% from the floor. I mean, that's a good percentage for a back-to-the-basket center. But we're talking about a wing. 57% from the floor is just nuts. Overall, he has 57, 36, 84 shooting splits. But it looks like he's really, I mean, just really put in work and added to his game over the summer. He's almost like a, a totally different player. Either that or he's just had more game than he's been able to show and was being held back his first two seasons. So, like, here's an example. As a freshman, 54% of his shot attempts were threes. So more than half of the shots that he attempted were threes, and he shot a blistering 44%. Last year as a sophomore, 63% of his shots were from deep. So coming into the season, I personally just saw him as a three-point specialist that Every once in a while, he showed some promise or showed some versatility. Now, this season, only 28% of his shots are from deep, and the majority of his points are coming in transition. So it's like he's transitioned from this three-point specialist to this transition open floor attacker. Like, when when does that happen? You know, a lot of times guys are... You know, if they're three-point specialists, you you the last thing you expect them to do is be really good slashers at the rim or or even leak out in transition. But he's scoring in transition, and he's not necessarily just shooting open threes in transition. He's filling the lanes and attacking the basket. And even in the half court, for example, this season in half court situations, 44% of his attempts are around the basket. 44.7 to be exact of his shot attempts in the half court situation or around the basket. Last year, only 23% of the shots he attempted were at the rim and he shot below 50%, only made 47%. So, you know, when you look at the numbers and you look at a scouting report and if they say, all right, this guy only shoots 23% of his shots at the rim and he only makes 47% of those attempts, you would say, all right, and if he's a good shooter, Make him attack a closeout. Make him put the ball on the floor. Make him finish at the rim where he's not making half of his shots. And if that was the scouting report on Brown, he read it and he worked on his game like crazy this summer because now he is shooting 76% at the rim this season. 76% at the rim. So if you listen to the numbers, not only has his I mean his attempts at the rim have went up nearly 20% and he's raised his field goal percentage at the rim 30%. So he's doubled his attempts at the rim, raised his field goal percentage around 30% from his sophomore to his junior season. Now here's another thing that has really kind of stood out to me. I know it's a small sample size, but Brown has shown some flashes of what he can do as a ball handler using ball screens. He looks pretty comfortable in pick-and-roll situations. I think that he is a top 40 pick. He just seems to do a little bit of everything well from shooting to attacking the basket to rebounding to passing. I mean, I think that he has a role in the NBA as this connective tissue, this role player that just plays winning basketball and that helps your team get the W. So I really like Christian Brown. He's literally come out of nowhere to be a an NBA prospect. Like I said, I think right now he could be a top 40 NBA prospect. 
All right, the next player that I want to talk about, now you know I, I love the international game. I love European prospects. That's why I'm over here in Europe. Right now I'm in Athens, Greece, and it kind of stinks that a lot of games have been canceled and I haven't been able to watch games live. But there is a player that I've been paying attention to, and I could be pronouncing his name wrong, but it's Gregor Glass. He is playing out of Partizan. He's playing for Partizan out of Serbia. He is, I mean, I really like what I see. He's a tough, competitive scorer. I see some playmaking potential. I think he's a capable shooter. The numbers don't really reflect him as a dead-eye shooter, but he scores a lot off movement. Like, he runs around screens like a, a Reggie Miller or Ray Allen. Think about Rip Hamilton. Not saying he's in that level, but think about how those guys were able to get a lot of their baskets coming off screens, how they sprint. Like J.J. Redick, for example, he could full sprint from under the basket to the wing, to the slot, catch, shoot, fire. Glass has that in his game. He's just not shooting it at a high percentage. But when he does come off screens, unlike a lot of the players that I just mentioned, he can turn that into a situation situation where he turns into the pick-and-roll ball handler. He's an active cutter. I just love the energy and effort that he cuts with. I mean, he cuts with a purpose. Defenders can't snooze guarding him because all of his movement, like I said, is with a purpose. But he shows solid passing instincts and vision. He's a good athlete, like sneaky good. And he aggressively attacks closeouts, will catch you slipping and dunk on you and, and, and put defenders on a poster. He looks to finish everything at the rim with dunks. I see him as like a poor man's Bogdan Bogdanovich. Could be a little lazy comparison since they're both Serbian and they're actually, and Glass is actually playing for Bogdan's old coach at Fenerbahce and Jelko Obradovic, who is arguably the best coach in the history of European basketball. But I like Glass. I think that he has some upside as a shot creator. Decent handle. Like I said, I love that he plays hard, high motor. He's aggressive. He's tough. He's actually a really good shooter off the dribble. He's pretty efficient there. Shows some advanced ball handling move. And I think that he's a promising secondary ball handler. The biggest key is that he has the movement. He has the ability to... You know, like catch and shoot on the move. It's just the ball needs to go in at a higher clip. But he's only 20 years old, so he is a sneaky NBA draft prospect. I don't know if he'll get drafted or not, but I think that he's had a good enough breakout season to where that he's on radars. Well, that wraps up this episode. I thank each and every person for listening to Locked On NBA Draft. Like, I mean, I just I'm, I'm full of gratitude. It's, it's an opportunity that, I mean, I, I'm really thankful for. So thank you for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. Now, another podcast I think you should check out is Locked On Bets. Locked On Bets is your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and it is available on all platforms. Once again, this is Raphael from NBA Draft Junkies. Stay tuned. I will be back Monday. So I got a couple of days off. I'll be back Monday with more NBA Draft takes. Once again, it's Raphael, NBA Draft Junkies. And I think this is the part in the show where I say that I am out. <laughs>